I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me this morning is filmmaker, singer, and songwriter, Sophia Lyons. Her new film or is The Long Goodbye, The Kara Tibbetts Story. In 2014 and 2015, one young woman in Colorado dared to explore the raw edges of dying with grace and dignity in real time, and in the process, unknowingly impacted tens of thousands around the world. Kara was a 38-year-old pastor's wife and mother of four young children who had begun a mommy blog titled Mundane Faithfulness sharing the concept of parenting with kindness. She allowed the world to walk with her as she chronicled first what it meant to be a young wife and mother battling a disease, uh, namely cancer, and then ultimately what it means to live and die with love and dignity. With her husband, Jay, Sophia Lyons chronicled Kara's story and has been impacting the world as artists both musically and visually for over two and a half decades. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Sophia. Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, one thing I have to say, and and I saw the film uh, on Netflix, and you can't see it without crying and (laughs) getting emotionally involved in her story, which is obviously what you did. So I guess my first question is, here you have a young mom dying of cancer who chooses to stay alive as long as she possibly can with her family and her friends. How did you initially get involved? with her when did you meet her and when did you decide to hey i you know film uh her process of living and of and dying absolutely such great questions we we get those a lot and honestly facebook as funny as that sounds um my husband and i have a production company j lines productions and as you mentioned we both have a background in, in music production and also television production And, you know, we were just kind of stirring and talking about projects that would be meaningful. And we talked about, has there ever been a project that's been done well that's been about dying? And so we started talking about what that would look like. And we started kind of casting the net loosely. And when I say say casting the net, I mean on Facebook. Hey, friends, you know anybody that, you know, has cancer right now? And, of course, their inbox was flooded unfortunately, with just so many stories. And that's how we met Kara. So we initiated a Skype with her and her husband. And I instantly fell in love with her. I mean, like, literally, she was just such a kind, gracious, unassuming, um, charismatic person that was so comfortable. Like, I had met her. Like, I had known her for, like, 20 years, you know. And so we just began a relationship with her. And honestly, the, fir- the first Skype with her, we just thought it was going to be, um, you know, her being a part of a new project that we were doing for television. But it morphed into so much more. And after that Skype, my husband and I both hung up and said, wow, this is way more than just, you know, for her to be a part of our show that we're going to pitch. And we yeah. kept in touch with her. As my husband said, he couldn't get Kara Tippett out of his mind, and there was just something about her that was drawing us both in. And so I said, you know, why don't we give her a call? And just uh, at this point, we thought we were just going to be, quote, nice people and fly there and film with her and her family and kind of gift it to her as some footage that she could have for her family, realizing it was pretty serious and that she was already in stage four breast cancer. 
And that was kind of our thinking, but it just turned into so much more it, with each trip and each visit. Um, and it, and she was on board then and realized, okay, we have something really special here of her. It's, it's basically what we were able to do was allow her an extension to her own vlogging. Um, and I want to interrupt together. you there because I think this is, yeah, because uh, you know, you, you go there as a filmmaker and you obviously have an interest in the film and the topic and the subject and in her, but it would see to me, there'd be some, had to be some kind of a chemistry between you and your husband and her to allow you to be there at the stage four breast cancer at the end of her life, because time is precious, obviously. And she's allowed you to come into her life and actually chronic, you know, take film her and her, the intimacy in her family, as well as with her friends. Uh, that's pretty special. I mean, that is, so I, I guess that the chemistry had to be there too, I would imagine be, amongst the three of you. You know, that's a really good question. I think there was an immediate trust. It, it turned out that we had some mutual friends. My husband and I toured uh, for a decade singing at a lot of youth events, churches, retreats all over the country, lots of countries, but we met a lot of people along the way. And we had a, we have a heart for, for the youth, and um, so did Jason and Kara. And so I just think the ministry aspect was an immediate bond of just kind of having some of the same perspective on life and um, even on the church. And so there was an immediate bond. And I, I think also as a married couple, um, sharing that with another married couple, kind of understanding where they were coming from and exactly all that they had to be going through. We were very sensitive to all of that. And How painful fact, was it for you as you get to know her, obviously? It's not, you know, first there's the initial, hey, we want to do this together because there's just a sense that we we can. But then as you go along and she's dying, and that's very, very sad. Um, how do you keep up your energy and your ability to keep on filming when you see this person? I mean, yes, it sounds like she and you are uh, religious, though I'm assuming that the religion obviously is is helpful in that. But even so, there's this person who is literally day by day um, dying, and uh, the sadness of it, and the deterioration. And and I I only say that because I've, I'm, like most people, I've experienced that with friends and relatives and colleagues, and everybody does it in a different way. And I want to get into that, but. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, how do you? Yeah, that's those are all really good questions. So the first question: How did I get through it? <laughs> I was a hot mess. <laughs> I'll say it was. I, I felt like I met my new best friend, and then I had to say goodbye to her right away. I mean, that's how I felt. And so the ironic thing about how God works, I believe He's just so. I mean, uh, yes, I'm very faithful, and we both shared a Christian faith, but um, dying is something I've always struggled with wrapping my head around, even as a believer, even as a, I would call myself a pretty solid believer. I mean, life and death, death is just something we all have to go through and nobody knows what that's going to look like. And of course it's natural to be afraid of it, but I've had an unnatural fear of it my whole life. And so I just thought it was ironic that I'd be called to do something like this, but I will say it actually has helped me and my fear of dying tremendously by walking with her through that. And I think it's difficult, too, being on the other side of the lens. Your job is to be invisible. You know, your job is just to 
to be as quiet and invisible as possible. And I'm pretty loud. (laughs) It was hard for me to not want to interject at all times and be like, let's just stop filming. Kara, what do you want? Let's, let me go grab you something and I'll come right back. You know, so that part for me was very difficult to just kind of separate myself as a woman, just kind of commiserating with her and just watching her. And, um, the other side of it was I had so much respect for her and so much admiration for her. Uh, she definitely had the vision of wanting to share her legacy. That's why she started her, that's why she wrote a book. And that's why she wrote a book as she was dying with her best friend legacy was so important to her and that that I think also was something unique that that she focused on that I think um gave her sort of a strong sense of purpose at the end like yes I'm in massive amounts of pain but my legacy matters and other people's legacy matters and just you know she just taught me so much about living I think that when I first met her I was kind of afraid to be honest and I've probably interviewed, oh gosh, maybe a thousand people. Okay, you were afraid. Um, now, let's start start with that. I was afraid, afraid because she had cancer, and of course, you said one of your greatest well, fears is dying. So, and also, greatest, I would imagine yeah, combining with fear. she's dying of breast cancer, which all women can yes. identify with. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, you know, I have that in my family, and it's like you're just looking at your own mortality in the face of this young, beautiful woman who is 38, and I'm just thinking my God, you know, how, for, I've just had so many spiritual questions that popped up. So like internally, here I am in the room, we're filming and I'm having a conversation vertically with God, like, why are you letting this happen to her? You know, and I just, it brought up a lot of spiritual questions for me to God, but then also just getting to know Kara and her perspective on dying and she was not a Pollyanna, so I just have to say that because a lot of people were like, how could she do that, let a camera in the room when she was, you know, and I, I will say we went there very few times. So the whole documentary was done in two trips to Colorado Springs, one trip to San Diego. Her last trip with her husband that she got to do was a Valentine's Day trip. So it was three total trips for my husband and I. And then we pieced together other footage that we that she gave to us from her cell phone and from things like that. And so I didn't want people to think like, oh, you know, we just lived with her for five months and can't. I'm glad out you yes, her, you know, I'm glad kids. you clarified that because you do get the feeling: is this intrusive or invasive? Is are you with her every mm-hmm. single day? But you put it together no. so well. That's why people think that. Thank but you. Yes. Th- yeah. Thank that's, you. That's yes. A, it was very yeah. much a it was a patchwork quilt. I like to say of her own footage, of footage from other news stories, um, of footage of her speaking at churches, all her cell phone footage she gave to us. So we had conversations about this, and we were also very sensitive. There was a couple of days that we actually flew to Colorado Springs. Either she didn't feel well or it wasn't a good time with the family, and we didn't go. So we were very sensitive to her family dynamic, how she was feeling, and she definitely called the shots and was completely in control. Um, And so as filmmakers, you just kind of sometimes have to sit back and go, okay, trust the process. You're trusting the process that you're going to get everything you need to tell the story. But boy, was there are several moments as filmmakers that we felt panic, you know, especially me. Like, are we going to get enough, you know, and I want more of her. And you feel that too. Like she's becoming your new friend. And 
I've thought about Kara Tippett's for five years now, like like she was my close family. I mean, to have you met anybody else? It. Because you know there are different. I always felt that people, in some ways, die the way they live. Who like if like Kara? She's a very religious person, and she certainly incorporated that into her choices of how she was going to die. And I think you do mention or she mentions, uh, and this is when I think it got contro- somewhat controversial because there are different ways of, of dying, and depending on who you are and what your beliefs are, the uh, the young woman who was dying in uh, Washington or Oregon who chose to commit suicide, who didn't want to go through the, the pain or chemotherapy or, or, or stopped it, I guess, at, at an early point. Um, and Kara wrote her a letter uh, saying, don't do it. Um, did you two discuss that at all? Don't commit suicide. It's not something that you know that that the pain. There is some goodness in in the in the suffering in the pain, um, and maybe you could respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we we discussed that, and her point of view on suffering is very unique, and it's ex- actually very countercultural right now, especially. I don't think it always has been countercultural, especially in the United States, but right now, for sure, it is is that suffering is not the absence of God's goodness, that was her point of view, and that God is still with us in suffering. It's not that he's causing suffering, I'll be very clear on that, but she believed that he allowed her suffering and he was still near to her because she was drawing near to him. So in no way, shape, or form did she believe that he, like, zapped her with cancer and, like, enjoyed her suffering, or that he causes it. And so... Um, that was just an open dialogue for her to just share her viewpoint on that, which I think is very unique, actually. I grew up Catholic, actually. And, um, you know, I've watched relatives suffer, and they didn't want to talk about it. And not that it's because they were Catholic. I'm just saying (laughs) uh, my viewpoint is very, very, I'm Italian, I'm from New York, and, you know, suffering and dying is something that, no one ever wants to talk about, even at the funeral. Like, we would rather be anywhere else but a funeral or talking about dying. And maybe that's just my family, but that was my background. And to, to meet someone like Kara, who was, like, talking about her own dying before she died, writing letters to her children, um, she picked out gifts for friends that she wanted her husband to give to them after she passed away. She had a blog post prepared. I mean, she thought about her dying, but she also cared more about the way she lived and loving other people. And yes, you're right, the way she lived, she was so generous with her time and with her advice and with, she was funny and a little bit irreverent, actually. And um, her friends joked that she was a pastor's wife that was kind of like a hippie that smelled like patchouli and like her doors were open, there was paint everywhere, definitely a free spirit charismatic, gorgeous, beautiful, and very hospitable, but nothing had to be perfect with her. So I think that she just had a gift of putting people at ease. And so it was, she was natural to tell her story and kind of feel, you know, she felt comfortable also sharing her story of her dying. But, you know, at 38, I don't think anyone's truly wanting to die. And so well, we I think she said, didn't too. she in your film, she actually said, I, I'm yeah. not ready to go. I don't want, I love living. No. I don't want to go. This is yeah, not she, necessarily my choice. No. One of the things that she shared she did not. briefly, which I thought was uh, something that people who are, especially young people, obviously, because it's something that would be maybe more um, 
specific to young people in a way and different than if you were dying at 80 and you're dying at 38. There are different issues. And she did talk about try to make, trying as much as she could to maintain the intimacy with her husband, sexual intimacy and how yes. chemotherapy. Yeah, that's really important. And I've interviewed other other women who are dying or who are at that age. And that's a real issue that is not talked about. You know, it's, it's so mm-hmm. you did bring that up in the film. Yeah, I remember in real life when she brought that up, and I was kind of like, oh, wow, we're going here. (laughs) Okay, okay, this is good to know. I mean, like I said, she was an open book, and um, that is something that she thought about. And, you know, I'll I'll just say this. That brought up what kind of a wife she was. And I think that she she was a very selfless person in general, thinking about others before herself. But not not um, not in a way that she wasn't taking care of herself either. You know what I mean? And so I think that for her, what was important is that she wasn't the star of the show. And, like, she talked about the whole cancer thing. It's like, well, cancer hasn't just affected me. It's affected my husband and my kids and my siblings and my friendships and my church. You know, so it wasn't like this is my cancer, my story. She was more like, this has affected everybody, and how do I navigate that, you know, and how do I allow my my kids in in age-appropriate ways? You know, they definitely all went to counseling, which I thought was very smart. Um, and I also liked that she and Jason had open dialogue, so kind of like all all topics were, were okay to discuss, and um, sex was something they talked about, and I, I found that... In the beginning, I was kind of like, wow. But then I thought, well, hey, people are thinking about it anyway, you know, so she might as well have addressed that. And so, yeah, it was something that she, quote, fought hard for, intimacy and, like, keeping their marriage intact and keeping their dialogue open. Um, This has nothing to do with cancer, but just as a married couple, when you're there hanging out with another married couple, you know, you're kind of paying attention to the details. And... After the whole conversation with cancer and suffering and dying, it, what it boiled down to is this is just another awesome married couple that I kind of want to be like. I mean, they they really uh, had a marriage that was enviable in the way that um, in the morning they had two chairs. They would make coffee and sit in those chairs, have their coffee together, and, like, talk about the day. <laughs> well, I've been married 25 years. My husband and I have never done that. <laughs> and so there's just things about them as a married couple that I took away as well. And also when she mentioned I fight hard for intimacy in my marriage, my feminist, like, Italian New Yorker inside, I didn't say this out loud, but I was thinking, you do? <laughs> like, let's just talk about fighting for intimacy in our marriage, not the cancer part of it. And so I just think that she was just an amazing human being. And like, she really taught me a lot about what it looked like to have a really good marriage and to be a quote, good wife. And, and I want to bring that up because I think that's, I was online looking up some of the responses, I think, to the film. I don't know. Uh I'm not sure what, and one of the, 
Well, I, I can't remember where it was, but somebody crit- was criticizing her husband because he married two years later. And it reminded me oh, of wow. uh, somebody else whose husband had died and she had a good marriage. As you're describing it, their marriage, Kara and her husband. And this person said to me, I had such a good relationship with my first husband that I wanted to be married after that. It, it, he, it was that marriage. I like being married, and I like being married and having the intimacy and the relationship. So she also had married two years later. So I thought that it sort of reminded me of Kara's husband in the same way. Because he had a good relationship with, with, with her, he was able to go on. And I, and I assume it's also good for the children. But anyway, that, that, that struck me as... as, as kind of validating what you're saying. They had this great relationship. So at 38, yeah, they have- really had, yeah. yeah. You know, I think that um, it's interesting the way people respond to a lot of things, but we get a lot of comments about that, the fact that Jason remarried. And, you know, they'll be like, comment, and you know what this is like because you're a public figure, and so when <laughs> you read comments and then there's a thread under those comments of other people interjecting. Yes, and it's fascinating to me the opinions of people, like, of what people should do when their spouse passes away. So um, I think that something that wasn't in the movie, but I kind of wish now that it was, is her attitude about him remarrying. She was so open about him remarrying. I actually remember kind of stumbling in the room one time when her girlfriends were over, and they were giggling about something, and I kind of, like, walked in, and I was like, what are we laughing about? And the girls were, like, kind of a little uncomfortably cackling, laughing. And Kara said, oh, I'm talking about a girl, like, if she would be good for my husband when I pass away. And I was like, what? In my head thinking, you're already thinking about that? And she was like, yeah, you know, I want my husband to be happily remarried. And, and I know him so well. And so I'm just putting my girlfriends, I've just told all my friends, and family that they better be gracious, whoever shows up, because that's going to be the mother of my children. And she talked to Jason about that at length and gave not only a full blessing. It's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, honey, you know, when I pass away, please remarry. But it's another thing to be that involved in conversations, even talking about it with girlfriends. And I think sometimes her openness and her comfort level in topics like that almost made other people squirm. (laughs) And so she was very open to him remarrying and wanted that and prayed for the woman he was going to marry in the future. Yeah, I I think that Kara, as you're just from the film and what we've been talking about uh, on the show, like she gave permission to people to behave and act and to talk about all of those things that sometimes we, not sometimes, very often we put a lid on, which makes us much more uncomfortable because we can't talk about those things. And somehow whatever her spirit was, her psychology or however you want to view her, she was able to embrace all of that. Yeah, with the people that she loved. You know, I want to mention that, though, because we do get a lot of messages on our Facebook page, you know, for the long goodbye about this one thing in particular. And you're a social worker, so you might have some good uh, intel for me. We get a lot of comments from people saying, thank you for this film. I lost fill in the blank, best friend, mother, child, aunt, you know, close relative, grandmother to breast cancer, they shut us all out. 
I ne- we never got to say goodbye. And Kara's story gave me a healing and a closure that I never realized I needed. And people have sent us, I mean, I'm not just saying I've gotten one message like that. I've probably gotten about 50, just like that, of people saying, I'm so grateful for this movie. You know, I didn't know Kara. I didn't even know her story. I just watched it on Netflix. And it just provided me such a closure for my own situation. And that kind of brought up a memory for me of when my aunt passed away. It wasn't breast cancer, but it was, uh, I think it was some form of cancer. And uh, we, I remember going to visit her in the hospital, and she didn't want us to come in the room. She didn't want us to see her like that. And I remember feeling kind of rejected. I was little. But I remember feeling kind of this rejection, like, oh, does she not love us anymore? Like, is she different? It just was very sad, and it kind of made me feel worse that we went and visited her. And so I think, and you know, I we know only have every... one minute left and I'd love to spend more okay, time answering the question, but I think you just, when you have those feelings, whatever the feelings are to the person who's dying, you can open up the conversation. It doesn't have to be a huge conversation, whether you're the mother or the exactly. daughter or the husband, just a little bit and, and talk to that person about, I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling I'm feeling rejected. I need to be closer to you. And this would make me closer. I mean, this that you can take on that responsibility, not the person who's dying, but the person who's close to that person. 30 seconds mm-hmm. left. I want to met the book, the film, Ooh. The Long Goodbye, The Kara Tibbetts Story, Sophia Lyons. Great. Watch the, watch the film on Netflix. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 